go back over the last uh, the last few months. Uh, it must have been the craziest off season you ever had, from finishing up in Jacksonville to to getting the Eskimos job, putting a staff together, uh, going through free agency, and now you're just sitting and waiting. Tell me about your emotions over the last four or five months since uh, you become the head coach of the Eskimos. Yeah, it's it's been different um, to say the least. It was uh, exciting, busy. Um, I had a lot to do because I was still finishing up in Jacksonville. I had a lot to do after that season was over to uh, get a staff, get things organized. Flew up to Edmonton, kind of meet and greet. Um, had the coaches up there. We had a couple weeks of staff meetings. We were very fortunate to get those in where we started planning for training camp and game plans and playbooks, things of that nature, doing personnel. Um, and that's kind of when when the COVID hit. Um, and, you know, I think as a staff, as an organization, I think we've done a good job of, of uh, you know, kind of figuring out how to do this remotely. I think the CFL has some history doing these things. Even when I was with Trestman in Montreal and I was in Toronto, there were times where we'd all work from home, talking about coaching staff. So, um, the advent of Zoom and all those things where I just got off about a three-hour meeting with, with our offensive staff. So the good thing is we're still able to work and communicate and, and get our jobs done um, without actually being in Edmonton. So um, I think it's been as seamless as it could be. Under the How has the communication been with the players? Have you been spending much time on Zoom meetings or whatever process you use with the players as well? No, we're not allowed to do that. That's uh, that's uh, not, not allowed, I don't believe, in the CBA. Trying to reach out to the players. I called a few guys yesterday. Um, probably being my first year, I haven't probably done enough of that. But um, just um, just kind of staying in touch. We're kind of watching to see what happens relative to the season. What we can do, morally is once we make a determination about training camp, uh, what it's going to be, how we're going to practice, we are able to put our our playbook type things um, on a secure online source where the players can get that. But right now we are not allowed to have meetings like the NFL is with the players, interactive meetings. I, I guess that helps, actually. If you can't talk to them, you don't have to worry about uh, talking to them and, and, and keeping things flowing uh, for sure. Uh, what? So you haven't spent a lot of time in meetings with them and stuff, I know you've, as you say, you've talked to them on the phone. What kind of reception have you received? I know the players I've talked to seem pretty excited about you, your philosophy, and the coaching staff that you've put together. Yeah, it's been all positive. I, you know, as it usually usually is in the off season. Um, the guys seem excited. They've seemed excited. I sent out a letter, I don't know, a couple months ago when this thing first started, saying. Hey, stay in shape. You know, I, I'm expecting to start on time, and that shows how, how little I knew about what was going on. So uh, the conversations now are, are more like, hey, I'm not sure what's going to happen, but, but stay ready. Hope you're doing well, and, and uh, you know, we'll see you when, you when we see you. But the guys are excited. They're looking forward. They're really itching, even, even back that first month, itching to get started. And, um, you know, we're going to have a lot of work in front of us in a very short short period of time. All right, I got to ask, you've had a lot more free time. I know, and I'm talking to Brock, and he said it was kind of business as usual because nothing really is affected until camp starts, and you've gone past that date and past some preseason games now. 
I, I don't know you that well yet, Scott, but I know you're a football coach, so I just imagine you've you've taken your extra time and you're just using it to watch more video, right? <laughs> yeah, we're trying to do breakdowns of each team. Um, you know, we all know what the schedule is going to be. Uh, so we're trying to be prepared for, for any of the other eight teams that we may open with or, or play early in the season because obviously with, with a shortened season um, – that just makes every game more important. So we're trying to cover all our bases that way, whereas maybe in normal preseason, you might look at your first couple of games and, and throw together game plans um, for those guys. Or this year, we kind of have to do it all. Have you put much thought into your approach? And, and I'm going to go on the basis that uh, there is going to be a season and it's going to start around September and we're going to get eight to ten games played in a regular season and how it fits in, that'll be decided at a later time. But you, have you given much thought to how you'll approach it and if you'll approach it any differently? Because, you know, as the old saying goes in the CFL, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, it looks like this year it's actually going to be a sprint. Have you Have you put much thought into how you're going to approach that? Yeah, we have. We, we have as a staff. I've spoken to Barack about it and Chris Preston. Um, things will have to change relative to training camp, depending how long that is even going to be. Um, our approach as to um, uh, the things that, that we're going to deem absolutely necessary to get in, things that maybe aren't going to be necessary that um, will be different from, from a normal year. So you're going to have to, I think, really prioritize – what it is, you know, if you're talking a week, 10 days, two-week training camp, uh, you're going to have to really prioritize what you want to install, what you think the players can can handle, and then finally, how are you going to evaluate them that quickly and, and make fair decisions for for guys that haven't played in the CFL and are behind the eight ball. So uh, all those things, we, we spent quite a bit of time talking about how we're going to handle Is it fair to say that uh, the veteran players would get – maybe the more benefit of the doubt in a season like this in a short training camp, maybe with no preseason games or maybe with just one, uh, they have a track record. You know what they can do, what they can't do, as opposed to some guys who are coming in and you're getting a look at them for the first time. Yeah, I would think that's particularly um, true for teams that, you know, have have existing coaching staffs. Um, I think it's a little less true for a team that has a new coaching staff because maybe some of these guys don't know the system any more than a rookie would. So I think that's a benefit for our rookies. But I would say generally, yeah, a guy that's been a veteran in the CFL is going to have an advantage in this preseason. How much have you watched of last season's Eskimo team? Uh, quite a bit of all of it, really. And uh, what kind of conclusions have you drawn about moving forward and, and what you want to be different and where you want the strengths of, of the team to be this year? that's a tough question for me to answer morally without giving away secrets. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot to build on. Um, even before I took the job, I, I did some research and I think we have talented players. Uh, I think we're going to be able to compete. I don't think this is a rebuild. I've said that before. Um, I love our D line. Um, I think we've got good linebackers guys that have played in this league. have proven. I think we've got, uh, players in the secondary that have proven what they can do. We had some injuries last year, I think, which hurt. But um, that'll be a big part of our defense is who's going to step up in the secondary and really fill the spots that, that are available. Uh, offensively, you know, I think you build your team up front. 
offensive line-wise first, defensive line-wise second. I feel good about our offensive line. I think we've got some skill position players that can make a difference. Um, obviously, I, I know Trevor and know what he's about and what he can do. So um, there's some things that, you know, there's some places we need to fill in, and, and there's going to be some important spots um, that are going to be battled in camp. But um, for where we're at, not having a meeting, not having a practice or a, or um, off-season workout, uh, I feel as good as I can about our team. It looks like one of those positions where there'll be a real battle is going to be at, at your running back spot. You got Shaq Cooper coming back, but you've made some some very interesting uh, signings uh, during the off season, starting with with Terry Williams, uh, Brandon Burks coming in as well. Uh, tell me about that position, what you like, and what you want to see from a running back. Well, first and foremost, he's got to be able to protect the quarterback, and um, that that is the number one thing. His job number one, his responsibility. After that, obviously, everybody knows the running back's got to be able to run the ball. But I, I want a guy, I want a guy that's dynamic out of the backfield in the pass game as well. My time in the NFL um, helped me learn a lot about matchups. And one of the reasons, one of the places you get matchups in the NFL is through the running back. The other place is the tight end. Uh, you know, there's not much of a tight end game in the CFL, but uh, the running back has got to be. A matchup nightmare for linebackers and um, that's what we're looking for you know it's tough to it, it takes a special player to be able to possess all the skills <laughs> that we're hunting for a running back but the first the first thing they've got to be able to do is protect uh all right uh you mentioned that the running backs got to be able to protect the quarterback. You mentioned that the O-line is in pretty good shape. I think what we all learned around here last year is if Trevor Harris gets time, he's pretty deadly. Obviously, that's got to be a cornerstone of your offense, right, to give Trevor Harris. He doesn't need much time usually, but to give him the time he needs to make a play. Yeah, certainly. Uh, we we got to keep him clean and, and give him a good talk. He gets the ball out quick, which which really helps the offensive line. And, um you know, we need to do a great job of pushing the ball down the field and getting explosive plays. Uh, the number one statistic in football is turnover ratio, but more and more the game has been about getting your skill, your skill position guys the ball in space and making explosive plays. It's just defensive have gotten too good. Defensive coordinators have gotten too good to be able to go on 12 play drives very often without making a mistake. So we're focused, uh, we're focused on all those things and, We'll have to protect Trevor and run the ball well to be able to do him. Over the last several years, when a, an American player comes up after playing four-down football, whether it be in college or in the NFL, there's always talk about an adjustment. What is that like for a coach after you spent, what, four years in Jacksonville? Uh, what is it like for you to, to turn off the four-down game and turn the three-down game back on? How Has that been fun for you to, to kind of embrace the CFL again? Yeah. Um... You know, it's, I wasn't going that long. So that part, the aggressive mindset and really having two downs to get a first down, that never really left me. Um, the biggest adjustment for me, again, was just to, to get back in to the, the, to the rule nuances and the game clock. And I'm still working on that. I have, you know, I have, uh, I have games all, that are just tapes that are just three-minute three-minute drills and, and just working through the game clock and management of time and timeouts and all that sort of stuff. So that's very different. That's the hardest thing as far as being a head coach, the rule differences and 
challenges and the lack of timeouts. It's much more difficult in the CFL, uh, in my opinion, than it is in the NFL. It's uh, you're not a, obviously not a first year head coach in the Canadian Football League, but in your mind, what is the most important thing a guy coming into the CFL, a coach in the CFL, has to be good at to manage his team and be successful in the game? Is it clock management? Is it play calling? What is it? Well, it's, I don't know if there's one thing. It's you have to have a good staff. There's the game's so fast. That's the thing that that I first learned when I came up, whatever it was, 10, 12 years ago, was the transition between offense, special teams, special teams, the defense. Um, the transition is so quick. So um, your special teams coordinator needs to be really organized. Your defense coordinator needs to be really organized, and you've got to be able to trust them as a head coach to. Uh, handle some of the process like you can't force your ideas on everything especially if you're in my situation where you're also calling the offensive play so um, just I guess giving up some responsibility and trusting your staff and your team to to do their job that that's something that I think is important in the CFL and and trusting guys to, to help you out a question you can't answer, but everybody gets asked it anyway all the time through this stretch. Uh, do you got a gut feeling about how things are going to work out for the CFL this year? I don't know if I do. I mean, I, I'm hopeful. I mean, I'm still we're still preparing like like we're starting in September. Um, that's what I'm hoping for, and I know everybody else is. I like I said after I sent that letter a couple months ago saying I thought we'd start on time. I've I've learned to not do that any, anymore, but. Uh, I'm still hopeful and optimistic that we're going to get it in. And uh, how have you held up through all this? I imagine you've uh, you've got to know your family pretty well over the last three months. <laughs> yeah, it's been good. Uh, it's been good to get to spend some time with them again. I, part of you after about the first month and a half wishes you had a bigger house because it's closing in on everybody. But uh, we're doing well. Um, you know, in this business, you rarely get as much time as, as we've had to, to spend some time with your family. And I've been gone so much that it's been, it's been a blessing from that standpoint.